Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris Schaefer, how's it going today? 160th episode. I'm good. You're good? Yep. That's it? You're just good? That's all you're bringing to the show? You're good? I uh, I heard uh, a little birdie tell me that uh, we're going to try and keep this one uh, focused and on topic as opposed to last week where one of the hosts apparently took cocaine right before we started. Uh, so we're going to try and... Yeah, I, wouldn't, I don't do cocaine. Right. Why would I do cocaine? That would completely be irresponsible to take um, cocaine. Yes, meth. Um, so we're going to stay focused. So I'm good. Just okay, time for sponsors. Thanks for bringing up drugs <laughs> yeah, at the right. top of the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for, speaking of drugs, <laughs> I am addicted to optio.com slash PSP. It is a wonderful online tool to help you poor AdWords managers out there who are just stuck in a rut. You don't know how to improve. You're emailing two random guys in the South about how can I prove my AdWords campaign? And we're not answering your emails until you send us a hundred bucks. So you're, you're stuck. You don't know what to do. Optio.com slash PSP can help you. This is an online tool to help you optimize your campaign. It sends you alerts. It lets you know what's happening. It gives you ideas and these ideas can range from bidding to negative keywords to creating new campaigns to budget management, all kinds of things. So optio.com slash PSP. The reason you go to the slash PSP is because there's a six-week extended trial. Try it out. Sign up. It's a great tool. Jason and I both use it. OPTEO.com slash PSP. Thank you, Chris. And I want to let everybody know about Directive Consulting, directiveconsulting.com. Directive Consulting is a PPC and search engine marketing agency that works with enterprise clients and B2B clients and helps those large advertisers get quality leads and scale their lead campaigns. They do pay-per-click, SEO, conversion rate optimization, landing pages, analytics, social media marketing, and they'll help you create content as well. They know how to work all the channels, find out what works best, and then scale that. You go to their website, you look at some of the big brand names that they've worked with. Very impressive. They've got a lot of case studies on their website, and we recommend you go to directiveconsulting.com and get a free custom proposal and learn about how Directive can help you. Directiveconsulting.com. All right, Chris. Well, uh, 160th episode. And Chris, I've been listening to a few other podcasts out there, um, just in general podcasts. And you know what podcast hosts do that we don't do, Chris? They promote themselves a little bit and tell people how they can (laughs) help them and work with them and grow their business. So I thought Mm -hmm. maybe we should do that once in a while to let everybody know what we're doing out here in the world. So both Chris and I are Google Ads consultants. We manage campaigns. We set them up. And Chris also offers a great training program as well. RothmanPPC.com for me, ChrisSchaefer.com for Chris. We have the Patreon show. We do an after show after this podcast. You can listen to it on podcast players just like your other podcasts. You just go to Patreon.com slash Paid Search Podcast. We do about four episodes a month, four after shows. We charge $2 a month. Um, I think we need to talk to somebody about that because it sure (laughs) seems like a low price to me, but people like the value. Um, And then we have all our old episodes. So we're 160 episodes in. The last 30 are on all the podcast players. Um, All of them, or not all of them, but most of them are on YouTube 
and they'll always be there. Um, but then if you want the audio version, we sell them for a very low price on the website, paidsearchpodcast.com. Then we have an insider series where we take you inside our businesses, our business models, talk about specific topics and help you get more Google ads clients. If you work in the industry and uh, grow your agency or consultancy, and we're getting a lot of good reviews and feedback from that. So check that out. It's a PSP insider. So Chris, that is the paid search podcast business. That's what we're doing. And um, I want to read a, an iTunes review comes from Great Britain. And um, I'm proposing that we change America's name to Great America because that's what we are. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You like that, Chris? Does our audience like that? Does our 60% or 40% whatever comes from overseas audience like that? They should because we're America. So this, this uh, review is from someone who named themselves No Good on 5S. Um, in the Great Britain. We don't have those problems in America, by the way. Our 5S, our 5G, our 4G, our LTE, our 2G works perfect on our iPhones and our Androids. Who created those iPhones and Androids, Chris? Mm -hmm. American Americans. Companies. Yep. There you go. Were we doing the pre-show today or did I just get on and do the main show? Because <laughs> that's what Chris we, and I always do before the show. We just talk America, about how much like, we love this country. Great America. We could just do like America number one. That could just add to the end. I think, yeah, I think it goes unsaid. I think it can yeah. go on set. American it's number implied. one. Yeah. Gentlemen, great class. Loving it. Five stars. As a small business owner that feels the need to get my head around the insides of Google's workings. Oh, he said, am a small business owner. Maybe that's a British thing. Starting the sentence with am. Have only got to episode five so far, but I see it oh, wow. beginning to make sense and fall into place. Listen to this, Chris. I have a local PPC consultant directing my main activity, but feel I have to understand what he's up to. Confidence is building. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Five stars. So whoever's managing this person's Google ads account probably <laughs> is not happy with us right now because we're giving this guy all the inside secrets about uh, what Google ads managers do and what he should be looking for. He's like, he's like emailing. He said, I, uh, yesterday I was going through the search terms like Chris and Jason talk about and blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, Dang it, I hate that stupid podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, we appreciate those five-star reviews. Um, and what those do is they tell iTunes, they tell Apple to share the show with more people. It helps us grow the show. So please leave us more reviews and ratings. We're up to like 194, Chris, in the United States. Apple Podcast app or iTunes, and uh, we're almost at 200. So we appreciate that a lot. So Chris, um, like you said last week, um, I forgot to take the meth out of my drink. Mm -hmm. And uh, went a little hard. I'm I'm on the come down right now. I'm evening things out, smoothing things out. Welcome back. We might have the meth in my Diet Coke today kick in uh -oh. at some point during the show, but it hasn't kicked in yet. So we're going to hand this baby over to you, and you're going to be hosting this episode. Okay. And um, why don't you tell people what we have going on? Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember. I'm on the show, too. I know you didn't hear from me much last week, so I'll talk a little bit this time. Uh, my name's Chris, ChrisShafer.com. Today, we're going to talk about uh, one of the things that there's two sets of people that are going to want to hear stuff like this. Number one are going to be people that are managing a campaign that have been around for a long time, uh, a campaign that's been around for a long time. And they're thinking, you know, uh, something I see all the time, and I know Jason does too, they are optimizing, they're improving. And when, we, when, you, ten, when you optimize, you tend to add more exact keywords, you tend to pause other keywords when they don't get results. Multiply that by weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months, and you start to slowly compress the keywords that you have. You start to to get such 
specific targeting that over a time period, your keywords go from 300 down to 50, maybe down to 30. And you're running on such a small percentage of keywords that you could start to lose some effectiveness because you've wait, you've put so much into these few keywords. And if you start to lose some success, there's a new competitor in the market, you could start losing your impression share, you know, your cost per click go up, or maybe there's a shift, you know, there's a new product that comes in and people are searching a little bit different way. All kinds of things could happen. So today we're going to talk about people using these new ideas, these fresh ideas on an old Google Ads account. These are things that we've talked about before, but we're going to repackage these in a way that helps you hopefully see a new light on how to use them, not just for optimization, but instead for what I refer to as, you know, Google Ads phishing. You're going to throw a line out there, put a little uh, a bait, a little bit of money on that hook and see what you get, right? Sometimes you lose your bait and other times you hook something. And considering how much I fish, it's amazing that I got away with that uh, metaphor. But um, Chris, I have a metaphor. We have a metaphor alert. A metaphor okay. has come in. King of metaphors. Yes. Here we go. From the mothership. You run a restaurant, casual dining. Mm -hmm. You're in a city. You run a restaurant. People come right. in. You've been doing it for a decade. Mm -hmm. Great results, but your menu hasn't changed. You don't want to change the menu because it's getting you great results. But at the same time, you're online, you see the other restaurants in town trying new stuff, and you feel a little threatened. You want to make sure you're not missing out on anything. You want to make sure things couldn't be better if you just tried a few things. You want to make sure if you – you don't want to be losing things that you don't know about, opportunity costs. So you want to try something new, but you don't want to totally mess with what's been working. So you're going to take your menu, you're going to add a special to it. And you're going to offer that special and people who want it can try it and people who don't can order the same thing. Mm. But that's what I'm saying, Chris, like you and I run into this all the time. We manage accounts literally for years. Some of our clients, we get them great results. We're managing these accounts for years and we get things dialed in. And then it's like, well, am I missing out? Could it be better? Um, I'm doing the same things every week. I'm getting the same exact search terms because it's at a, a point of perfection but I want to just see if I can make it even better. That's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, these are things that I do. These are things that I practice. I know Jason practices these things as well. And we're going to talk about what can happen, the drawbacks, the benefits of these things. So let's jump in on number one. Number one, uh, and this is something we've done entire episodes about. Go back and listen to an old episode. Um, you can either buy our episode pack at paidsearchpodcast.com. You can buy all of our old episodes or you can watch on YouTube for free. Uh, but there is uh, an episode about using broad keywords. What is it? Using broad keywords? Like, like a, a pro. Like a pro. That's like what a it pro. Is. Like a pro. Like Jason. Okay. And this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about low bids on broad keywords. This is a great way to find additional keywords and test some ideas. So I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it, but this is... I think standard number one boilerplate on finding new stuff out there. And the simple thing for me is I very often like to have a new campaign. If I find that one campaign is doing really well, okay, and we're talking about old campaigns, we're talking about campaigns that have been around for a while and they're successful, they have lots of conversions, maybe even I have maximized conversions 
on this thing because it gets like 30 conversions a month and Google's killing it with the cost per lead. So I put it on max conversions with a CPA goal and uh, it's it's working great. I am not going to throw broad keywords into the same campaign. I am going to set up a new campaign and play with that manual bidding, maybe, maybe maximize clicks. I don't know. I'm going to play with some keywords in a separate campaign because I do not want to mess up my budget flow in what's working. So that's the number one thing for me is when I do my Google ads phishing test, I'm not going to jeopardize the winners just to see what these uh, new menu items might, might work for me. So Jason, what's, what's something that you usually like to do? Mm. We're, now, for everyone that's listening, we're talking about pure broad keywords. We're not talking about modified. We're talking about exactly. pure broad. Right. And you can get a lot of saucy stuff that comes in in terms of what searches you show up on. And a lot of it you probably won't like. Um, just to briefly recap, the I think the biggest points of that episode, Chris, on how to use it like a pro. You asked me what I like. I like using long uh, the word phrase is so loaded because of phrase match, but right. multiple word keywords as broad keywords. So I don't like right. if it's a moving company, I don't I'm not going to put in the word movers as a broad match keyword. I'm going to put in movers in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma or office moving companies in my area. I'm not going to put in movers or moving companies as broad because the, we have a theory we both share. We don't know if it's true. We can't prove it, but we share this theory. The more words you give Google in a keyword phrase as a broad match keyword, the more, hopefully, the more targeted you're going to get with in terms of what you show up on, even though it's broad and you can still show up on a lot. Um, so I like doing that. And then just like you, I do low bids. Um, that is correct. There's no reason to start with super high bids. I would say I am not into copying and pasting campaigns. Um, I would say if we're coming clean here and you're pointing a gun at me, everyone that wants to check it that out, check it out on YouTube. We're in the same room. This man is, has a gun on me, so I tell mm -hmm. the truth. I do. Tell him the truth, Chris. I usually mix in the broad match keywords into the existing campaign because I'm not going to start a new campaign just for that. However, okay. Okay. always trying to be better. I am more and more using experiments. And oh, I'm liking yes. the way they work and the new interface. Yes. They're sexy. They work good. Um, the old interface, it was a little clunky in terms of experiments. It was a lot of steps. It was a lot of like, okay, it's up and running, but you got to go to this other place to find it. Mm -hmm. And it, it was kind of a mess. But in the new interface, it's awesome. Started an experiment. Uh, experiments are based on draft campaigns. So it is essentially creating a new campaign, but it's like tied to the existing one, an experiment. Same budget. And then you run anything. it. Yeah, same budget, and you allocate how often you want the new campaign to show up instead of the old one. 50-50, 70-30, 90-10, whatever. And um, now that I'm using that more, I'll use an experiment. And I like doing that a lot more because you don't have to create a brand new campaign. Um, it's tied to it. And uh, the experiment, when you're creating the new draft campaign that you're going to use as the experiment, you just throw the broad match keywords in there in whatever ad groups you want to add them in. Or mm. make new ad groups. You can make new ad groups in the draft and uh, you get your data that way. So mm. I would definitely advise experiments. But I guess, Chris, let's finish this section off by talking about why do this. Like why mix in broad match keywords. So let me know. Tell people why Why would you even do that? Because some people, Chris, they're going to find this show. They're going to see the 200 five-star reviews. They're going to see how uh, we're the top consultants, freelancers in the game. They're going to see how good looking you are. 
They're going to see how wise I look in my tie. Right. Um, they're going right. to, if they're in, we've talked about this before. If they're in that, I don't know, 10, 15% of women that are super attracted to me, they're going to wow. be more attracted to me and my looks. Okay. But if they're not in that 15%, definitely going with you. We've talked about that despite the fact that it's been a few years. You're a few years older. Mm-hmm. Luckily, you age like a nice bottle of wine. Okay. And uh, you've this gone from boy, boyish good looks to mm-hmm. more of a rugged um, handsomeness. Now, Chris... Let me um, let me get back to the point. Here. Diverging a bit here. Now, you've been sipping on that diet coke a little. <laughs> I've been sipping on something. So, Chris, seriously, um, quit joking around, dude. Oh, so sorry. Okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Please, try Let's and stick, back on, stick back on, topic on topic here. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, but they're going to see. Oh, we have all these good reviews. Oh, it's a great show. You can learn about Google Ads. And then if this is their first episode, the first thing they're hearing you say is to turn on broad match keywords. So you (laughs) owe the people an explanation. Like, please remember (laughs) the responsibility you have here because broad match keywords can go very wrong sometimes. That's true. Very wrong. And how many times have you gotten on here on your all high and mighty perch and you've made Mm -hmm. fun of people who are Mm -hmm. running broad match keywords when you get in their campaign and you audit it. But isn't that the number one problem you run into, you said, in your training is people are just using broad match keywords and that's causing messes for them. So why do you want to cause that mess for people? I mean, you're exactly right. It's almost as if people are blind to seeing the fact that if they go into the keywords tab, sort by clicks or sort by impressions or sort by cost. And if the top keyword is a modified broad, then, you know, uh, okay, could you dissect that a bit? Could you improve the targeting on that a little bit? Or if the top keyword is a pure broad keyword, it's like they're blind to seeing it. So to get down to basics, the reason it's a concern is because broad keywords are not are not as precision targeted as a modified broad keyword, certainly nowhere near as precision targeted as an exact match. And what we use as Google Ads managers at the top of our game, as Jason said, is we go for precision. We don't want to just take money and throw it out there into the Googleverse and say, Anybody looking for something like this can click on my ad and come to my site. That does not work. What we want is people that are actually looking for this specific service, product, or, or you know whatever. That's what we want. Let me give you an example of how bad it can get. Moving companies, you throw in a keyword broad match, like they're moving companies Oklahoma City. If you don't have your negatives added to block this already, you can show up on a search like U-Haul locations in Oklahoma City, truck rental Oklahoma yep. City and yep. people searching for U-Haul and truck rental, they're never going to need a mover because, uh, or at least a mover with a truck because they're showing that they already are going to do it themselves and get a truck. So that's where it can go wrong. So we control that with low bids. We control that with negative keywords. We expect some bad stuff is going to come in, but what's the benefit here? Knowing some bad search terms are going to come in. Right, right. The benefit is that you are being responsible with what you're doing. So you have your winners and then you have your test. Whether you do it in an experiment or whether you do it in a new campaign, I mean, it's your choice. You can implement it in whatever way you want. The end result that Jason and I get is the same. We take a look at the search terms. We take a look at the traffic. Is it converting? Is it bouncing? What's the click-through rate? What's our metrics? What's the interaction of the people that are clicking on these ads? And is it worth the investment? Are we paying $4 for rental truck um, whenever we're trying to sell moving services? It's not worth it. We're going to start blocking things. We're going to start turning bids down if it's not worth it. But 
The thing is, you're going to set a time period on this. You're going to set, you know, a certain amount that you're willing to spend and test and see what can I find? What can I find here that I haven't thought of? And maybe you end up finding, like Jason talks about, we're doing moving services, business moving services, company moving services, you know, things. Movers for nursing homes. Yeah. These niches. Never going to show up on that unless you target movers phrase match, which I don't usually. So, or maybe, or maybe you even try, and this is going to be getting into some of our other points, but maybe you try movers for, maybe you try that as a phrase match, um, which would, because you saw that in the search terms. Yeah. Because you saw the idea. Yeah. So that's what you're looking for. You're looking for these winners. That's a great idea. I'm going to take that. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Dude, excellent idea. I'm out of here, man. I got my value. He literally, yeah, that's it. Because that's what we look for. We look for uh, that that stem part, that uh, concrete part of that search. So eliminate the industry part of it. Grab that part of it. There's all going to be all kinds of ways that that shows up. Find those, move those into the winners, and then continue on and block the bad stuff. So, and Chris, let me let me throw one more out there. I think we both use it to find keyword ideas, to find like what you're just talking about, movers for all kinds of different searches. Sometimes you get lucky and you get a great cost per conversion on pure broad match with low bids, sometimes. And you're going to get a whole bunch of bad search terms are going to still come in, but just sometimes it it works. Um, so don't, don't throw out that possibility right. um, that sometimes it does work. Right. In terms okay. of just let, letting broad match continue to run, continue to get conversions. So I'm going to tell you about one additional way. So we're still talking, this is point number two, but we're going to talk about an additional way that you can do this that helps reduce the risk. Okay. So imagine this, imagine the whole world is open to broad keywords. Now imagine that you take that and reduce that by 90% and focus on people that not only are searching for these broad keyword ideas, they're very wide reaching, but they also, we're just going to continue with the moving client stuff. Let's say they're also uh, recently been searching for uh, movers or new homes, or they're searching for real estate. Okay. Suddenly the bubble of people condenses down in the overlap between these broad keywords and people that are also in this audience as Google ads calls it we can take what could be a huge risk and you get basically no impression share. You know, you're trying to cover a market that's getting millions and millions of clicks. And now suddenly your market is reduced down to just a few hundred clicks in your area. So what you do is you pair audiences, which is a separate tab in Google ads. There's a targeted audience. Now, if if you want to know exactly what we're talking about, you'll have to go back and listen to other episodes or hire me for training. But there is a targeted audience uh, and Google ads where you can or go to YouTube and search Rothman PPC, how to add audiences and you can get the training for free. Cause I made a video free. about it for free. <laughs> you just literally undercut me. Oh my and by the way, if you're using Chris Schaefer's training, just to look at him because he's handsome mm-hmm. in one tab, one side of your screen, pull up a picture of Chris Schaefer. So you can just look at him. Uh-huh. And then the other side of the and screen, watch. just watch the YouTube watch video, your video so you can get the training and then you get the best of both worlds. I got bad news. Uh, I don't show my face in my training because the focus is on the training. I know but, we say uh, the bit the business advice stuff for Patreon, but here's a little tip, Chris. Mm-hmm. Just offer it as a tier, like an extra ten percent, and you can watch you while you train. I'd pay for it. I bet you would. Okay, so the, little, I, the, little higher tier for HD. 
You don't get HD. My internet's too bad. No one gets HD. I mean, barely YouTube has a, like a blurry picture of me. That's about as good as you get. So, now, Chris, I, I added these audiences just yesterday for a mover who's been running forever, who's getting great results. I happen to add them as observation because I'm not doing broad match keywords here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, just to give you an examples of the kind of audiences you can add in market for moving and relocation that's straight from google like they out of the box they offer that and then if you they offer like ideas to you depending on what they've seen in your account and they have one um they or no a detailed demographic of homeowners because one of the problems with movers is i i hear from movers they're like hey great search terms but i don't want a bunch of apartment moves i want big houses well let's do a little observation how do our keywords do when the audience is a homeowner and maybe the cost per conversion is 5% higher, 10% higher, but the average move job is 50% higher. So that's one way I'm playing with audiences. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and, and so, I mean, Jason, you hit on a good point. There is a difference between targeted and observation. But for this purpose, if you set it to observation, you're still wide open. You're not limiting your search. So if you want to do it with, you know, point number two is to add those targeted audience and you'll reduce your risk. So moving on to number three, this is completely outside of um, the sphere of, you know, broad keywords, but this is very much what I see in training and, and consulting all the time. I, I pull up an AdWords campaign and I sort by clicks or I sort by cost. And the very first one is a broad match, a modified broad match, and then maybe the top five are all the same. This next point is basically start adding exact and phrase match keywords because an optimized campaign should be a little bit of a, a upside down pyramid. Of course, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to look exactly like that, but the upside down pyramid should be basically the volume, the higher volume of search should be more precise keywords because you're not just fishing all the time. You're not testing all the time. You should be getting some longer tail phrase, some exact match because you know what your winners are and that's what you're pushing for success on. This is not something that you're going to do in the first few months, but over months and months and years, you should be able to flip that upside down. And now you can get very targeted winners. And that's it. we're, We're talking about really good keywords and target those bid higher on them, making sure you're getting, you know, good clicks on them, good ads for those. And you keep winning. I mean, is that pretty simple, right, Jason? Yeah. What, what I'm trying to say there, Chris is like, so if I have an electrician and We've run the client for years and years and years. If you look at that search term support, if if I bring Chris Schaefer in there and he looks at that search term support, you're going to be very impressed. Oh, um, sure. We're going to all you're going to see are search terms like electricians, just on its own, because people mm-hmm. are looking for electrician. Sure. Electricians in my area, electrician near me, near me yeah. electricians in Atlanta, electricians in Augusta. Uh, I don't know all the ways people search for electricians and you're going to think great job you're showing up on the right stuff but every now and then chris when we look at our search terms we're going to see something that's very detailed commercial electrical contractors led installation goodness yeah so that's something that like because of our commercial ad group and commercial electrician keywords we're showing up on now most of the time that's not going to warrant its own ad group led installation but because you're trying to manage campaigns, you're trying to get good results, you got to focus on things that matter. Things that matter are getting all your clicks on great search terms. And you know, as an AdWords manager, LED installation 
Someone might search for that once a month or once every two months or once a quarter. So it's not going to take your priority on a new campaign. You're going to still be focused on adding negatives, getting that search terms report right, and getting all that geo and near me stuff, electricians in Atlanta, electricians in my area. But once you're already doing that, and those are the only kind of search terms that come in, when you do see commercial electrical contractors, LED installation, take the time now that you have it because everything's running perfect and look for some LED installation keywords and see if that's a topic people search for more than you think they would. Create your own ad group for it. Add in some keywords for it. Add in some exact and phrase match keywords that are spot on. And uh, even if you don't create your own ad group, Chris, and you leave it in the commercial electrician ad group, at least throw those keywords in there, exact match and phrase match about LED insulation, because then you can start to get data on them and you can go, oh, this actually is getting five clicks a month. It does warrant its own ad group now that you're seeing it's going to get some more traffic because you're seeing it at the keyword level now. So the reason I wanted to bring this up, Chris, is when things are going perfect a year into a campaign, one of the only things I can do to kind of grow is just add more really tight phrase and exact match keywords um, and see if they can start to get some volume. Um, That's what I find myself doing a lot once things are already perfect. Yeah. Okay, so number four, and this one comes straight from training. I had a a training session this week and it was literally, and this is where this whole topic came from, was at a client or I had someone that was like, Chris, I have a campaign. I just want you to look at it Tell me how I can improve it. I don't really know what to do. It's not getting a whole lot of stuff, you know, of success. But, you know, the, the clicks are huge. It's a B2B company. And what they, the only thing they, that, they, that they really found that was successful was to run on, brace yourself, competitor keywords. I mean, they were literally just running on other competitor software names. Okay, so this is for a software as a service, a SaaS client. And so they didn't really know what to do. They tried other things. And Jason, you know, IT industry, SaaS type of stuff is expensive. It's difficult. And, you know, they were at a loss. So the only thing they'd really been spending money on was competitor stuff. But here's what I found. I went through and what was happening was they had a horrible search impression share, which is the measurement of how much of the market you're covering. So they had like a 10% search impression share. They're advertising on super crappy keywords, just like the competitor's name. And then that's it. So it was a bunch of bounce, high bounce rate stuff. And in the end, what I did is I said, looking through the search terms, I said, look at these searches that are kind of sprinkled through here. It's competitor name plus the word alternative, Uh, competitor name plus the word similar, competitor name plus the word competitor. So, you know, imagine like, uh, you know, you're, you're wanting to buy a software, you know, like Windows alternative, Windows Simular, Windows Competitors, uh, Windows Pricing, Windows Cost, Window Reviews. Uh, you know, so if you're wanting to buy Microsoft Windows, but you don't really want to buy that and you're still at the decision-making process, these are great indications that you have not made the jump yet into this Or software. they're an unhappy customer. Or they're unhappy. They're ready to switch. These yeah. are indicators. These are, these are still low funnel but they have not made the jump into the purchase yet. So what we did is we took the campaign, we built all new keywords based on these uh, uh, alternative, similar pricing cost type of things. And now they're gonna be able to cover 90% of the search impressions. They can bid a lot higher because they have very good knowledge knowing that the person has not made a decision as opposed to just the competitor name. And of course, I don't know how it worked out for them because we just started it. And, and it's not my client, but um, 
that's what we did. And I think things like that, you know, looking at additional terms um, that you can add to it, that show intent, that show level of the funnel could be huge for your campaign if you're stuck on just the same kind of stuff. Look for those secondary indicators and pause the primary terms and replace it with those secondary uh, indicators. Yeah, Chris. And I mean, on the topic of competitors, um, depends on the business, but if uh, you've maxed everything out and you're running perfect, there's an argument you could even try it on their names without alternative, similar competitors, cost alternatives. So we're trying definitely depends on the on the uh, advertiser and the industry uh, but i like that idea of doing alternatives i'm just thinking as the protecting that brand what i would do if someone like that came after me um, i would bid up those keywords as my own brand like that brand name alternative mm -hmm. because i'm going to get a better quality score than you by tons because oh, sure. it's my brand yeah. and i would i would punish you for those clicks <laughs> absolutely punish you but, but that's just a little many... defense for everybody yeah, I mean, how, but how many people are on on point for things like that? You know, I mean, it's really, unless you're looking at your Google Analytics, it's really difficult to know that that's happening and that people are searching for things like that. So, of course, it's very easy to beat, but very difficult to detect. Yeah, and by the way, uh, if you're talking about SaaS and softwares and all that, and you're advertising across a whole country or even the world, it's hard for, if you're doing that to someone else's brand, it's hard for them to kind of stay on top of where you're oh, yeah. doing it. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to do it at their home office city or whatever. You could block their state and do it everywhere else, you know? And, yeah. And they would be searching, la, la, la. Oh, no, we're good. Nobody's showing up for my term. <laughs> you know? Yep. And that's, uh, yeah, definitely. So, Jason, I have a confession. Number five. Dude, I have a confession to you. I read this and I was like, Chris, we're the same guy. You're just better looking. But Chris... We talked about this before when we first started talking. It was like, oh, you do search terms? Oh, you have this checklist? Oh, uh -huh, wow. Uh -huh, blah, 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 blah. Uh -huh. It's like you're just like me, but we never talked. I do the same thing. Yeah. I do this all the time. This is my number one move. I've been doing it so much forever. lately. I've been doing it so much. Like I've been loving ever since we had the chat with Valets, Fred Valets. I, I was, uh, you know, I've been experimenting with it more. And here's, okay, first we should... Not everyone can see our spreadsheet. Let's say what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's, move, Let's on. move on. Okay, high five, and no one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> Jerks, you lose. $2 and you'll find out. Um, okay, no, we're going to tell you. What Jason and I have so lovingly discovered about each other is when we have a winning campaign uh, and... Let's say you have very few conversions. Let's say you get a couple conversions. That does not warrant maximized conversions. I think Jason would agree. I do not turn on maximized conversions when I get just a, you know two, three, four conversions a month. Google will pop up and say, hey, maximize conversions. We can do it. Trust us. No, I don't want to do that. It's not enough volume. I'm not willing to test it. Yeah, I rarely run those, even yeah. if I get more. And so what I do is I'll look through, and if the search terms are solid, and, and everything looks really good. And to me, the only priority at this point is lowering the CPC to get more volume without raising the budget. I go to maximize clicks. And this has worked so well lately for me because I'm very much, Jason and I are both very much manual bidding pros. I mean, we, we just really prefer manual bids, but there's a point when, okay, I, I'm there. I can't really optimize my manual bids anymore and I can't just arbitrarily bring them down because everything looks on about the same level. Everything's qualified. Maximize clicks can do that for you. And it's so easy. So 
just quickly, what I do is, uh, Jason, I don't know how you do it, but I'd start a, an experiment in, uh, I'll do a couple week experiment, but I rarely let it go the full, you know, two, three, four or five weeks, because usually after the first week, I start to see that it's working. The CPC goes down. I'm getting more clicks per day and I just go ahead and implement it. So uh, sometimes I even just forego the whole experiment because I'm just pretty sure it's going to be just fine for the client. And I just literally make the, make the swap. One thing I'll say before we move on, put a CPC max on there. You've heard our trapdoor series a couple weeks ago. <laughs> uh, the poor gentleman that spent 130 bucks on one click. Make sure that doesn't happen to you. Put a CPC max and in there. And if it does happen to you, write in because it right makes in. good content. <laughs> yeah, because we want to laugh at you because we told you. And that's what we're here to do is uh, stand on our stool and pretend we're better. All right. You want my thoughts on that topic? No, I feel Host. I feel like I covered it. <laughs> I feel like we're good. <laughs> so you don't want to tell people that during the first day or two, you might get no clicks or hardly any impressions because the system is learning. You, you'd rather have them panic and think panic. it's not going to work and not get the benefits of max clicks. Chris, you turn on max clicks and nothing happens yeah. for a couple of days and you yeah. barely get a click or an impression. That's kind of scary after getting good traffic on manual. That's true. Um, but that's what I've experienced a lot. The first couple of days, the system learns it. And then all of a sudden, if you're having uh, impression click volume problems, it'll just kind of, once it figures itself out and learns itself uh, where it needs to bid, the traffic will pick back up. So definitely give it at least like three days to, to figure itself out. Excellent. Excellent point. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, uh, it's definitely true. The whole learning bubble right beside it, is terrifying sometimes you're like hurry up and learn like faster yep. faster and that's that's why an experiment would be great you know started yeah. at 20 percent of the traffic you're not going to miss out on too much well that's happening and then let it run for a couple of weeks and you let it prove itself yeah okay so this next one uh so the next two we get into are last on the list because they're they're kind of long shots but this is something i've been doing lately i add the display network to a search campaign and what? I, Are I you do, okay? I've been doing it, Jason, you know, I'm, I'm fishing. I'm, I'm trying for new stuff. And well, I, I'm, I know, but, but there's one thing about fishing and there's one thing about <laughs> jumping off a cruise ship in the middle of the ocean and being like, I'm going to swim home guys. I'm going to swim home. Here's the thing. I would laugh at me too, but there was one point when I had a, um, I think I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I had one client. A midlife crisis? That, what that are we talking this... about here, dude? Like, this is a ridiculous <laughs> no. notion. I had this one client that was in this particular industry, and they really wanted, like, another 20% leads. And so, I, you know, I'm at the, I'm like, I don't know what to do. So, I just threw the display campaign on. That popped an additional 20%, 10% leads for me, and they were so happy. And it's not, it, it wasn't a game changer. It was just a little <laughs> bit of a... What are you, know, you talking about? I, it happened. You turned on display, so like the what used For to be search. called display select. You added in the display campaign on the search campaign. You just check the yes, box. I just check the box. Also show up on on display when, yep. when Google thinks it would be a good time to show up. And then you did segment the data and those and extra conversions, conversions came from the display network? Yes. And it was only spending okay. like 5% of the spend. So it wasn't huge, but it was bringing in a few conversions and that bumped it over the top and they were they were happy. And your definition of a conversion is time on site 20 seconds? <laughs> no, no, no. What's your conversion? Well, it was it was a lead for them. They, somebody had filled out a form. It really did. Like they, they were filling out forms. I know. Hey, get to my level. Listen, go back, go back to the old episodes 
and try and get to my level. You know, re-listen, and uh, maybe you'll learn. But all right, all right. Uh, so you're one for one on this. This isn't like a <laughs> one. For this one. happened one well, time. No, well, maybe, maybe. Okay, so when you turn on that display select, uh, which by the way, I'm making fun of you, but at this moment in time in history, mm-hmm. I am running a display keyword contextual <laughs> campaign for my own business. So I do kind of believe in keyword contextual on display. Yeah, is that what you think? Uh, display select is on a no. search campaign is it do you think it's based on keywords or do you think it's based oh. on google just saying like we're going to look at everything you're doing and like what do we know what that's based on or i i my uh, no i do don't you know you for approach sure approach it like it's keyword contextual yes. basically yes basically okay. my understanding is what they do is they look at your keywords and they look at your landing page and they make an assessment based on content of the page i don't think they do audience i think they do contextual content uh, okay, the so page. the big the big message to people is like it may not work that great every time, and the way this could go really bad, Chris, is if instead of giving a little bit of your traffic to the display network, something is wrong, and they give ninety percent of your right. traffic or fifty percent. Got to so you got to segment you got to segment your campaign for network or whatever it's called, and see how much is going to the display network. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, okay. So, I'm gonna you know I may try it. All right, well, we got number seven here. And uh, number seven, before I say that, I want to mention optio.com slash PSP. Uh, be sure and check them out for a six-week extended trial. You can try out the tool for an extra two weeks because you're a listener. Optio.com slash PSP. We mention it because we like it. Uh, and they're, they're, we appreciate their sponsorship. Jason? Yep, and I want to mention Directive Consulting, directiveconsulting.com, and thank them for sponsoring today's episode. Longtime sponsor, great partner to work with. We recommend you guys check them out, directiveconsulting.com. You get a free custom proposal. They specialize in B2B and enterprise campaigns. They do pay-per-click, SEO, landing pages, content, mix it all together, get you higher quality leads and more leads, and scale it. Free custom proposal, Directive Consulting. Okay, this last one, this is, again, it's out there, but I have used this to help keep my clients and me from getting what I call tunnel vision. This is a good one. This is a good one. It's such an interesting thing because this was not available years ago, but now it is. Go to your tools and go to search attribution. Go to the top of the page, there's the tools, and then click search attribution. What you'll see, and hopefully you have conversions, and if you don't, Go buy our old episodes and learn how dumb you are. But if you have conversion tracking, you will see how many clicks on average using uh, you know, the data that they have about cross-device clicks and multiple clicks from the same IP and stuff like that. You can see how many clicks it takes to get to the center of the Tootsie Roll. And by the center of the Tootsie Roll, I mean conversions. I mean, it's, it's such an interesting idea because you think, you, know, you see on the screen, you see click on, you know, somebody clicked on movers near me and then they converted. But then when you go and look at your search attribution, you realize, you know, 30% of your leads click on your ads twice before they convert that Mm. first time. And that is such an eye opener to help you remember. And, And the lesson here is this. Sometimes the very end of the funnel is not the only place you should be. I was literally talking to a client today uh, about this and showing that, look, we're, we're, we're going after top of the funnel, some mid funnel, and then we're doing remarketing and low funnel. You know, I mean, we're, we're trying to saturate all the way through as people find this company. So it's a great reminder that sometimes low funnel is, is it could dry up on you. 
I mean, you have to feed those uh, through the system. And there's ways to do that with Google search, you know, display, you can do it. I mean, YouTube, there's a lot of ways to do it, but uh, however you do it, remember search attribution metrics there can show you just how impacted visitors are by multiple instances with your ads. Especially Chris, the more remarketing I do for my own business, the more I see and the more I hear from people about just how important that is. Like I was talking with a new client this week and he was talking about, he didn't know the difference between display and, um, and, uh, remarketing and all that kind of stuff. But he was like, I just, I want to show up. Like, how do I show up where I see your face all the time? Like, they use words like that. Right. Exactly. It's just interesting. Yeah. Like, even though maybe they may not click that time, maybe they do, that's still an attribution. Like they click on the search ad, then they get on your remarketing list, then they see you a bunch of times, and then they don't fire their Google Ads manager until two months later, but they've been seeing your remarketing ad, and then they see your organic content, and then they see the Patriot podcast. It's like Google Ads makes it seem, and this is the way I first thought when I first started, it makes it seem like show up on a keyword. People click on the ad, they give you their lead information, they become a client or customer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the more I do this, the more I realize that it's just a piece of the puzzle. And whatever influence that final click, and then they filled out the form, a lot of the times there's a lot more that goes into it than just getting that one click on that one keyword. So you're right, taking the time to learn about your attribution, to play around with that and really understand what's leading to those leads, not just that final click. I think that's time well spent. Yeah. Okay. Guys, we are going to jump into Patreon. We have a very interesting conversation coming up because something we've talked about doing, we're going to do it. We're going to, we're going to look at four Upwork jobs and we're going to discuss what we see in those Upwork jobs that we like, that we're terrified of, you know, things that we would apply and why we wouldn't apply. We're going to talk live about that. So if you ever had any dreams about being a freelancer, it's two bucks. Check it out. PaidSearchPodcast.com. There's a link to get to our Patreon page and you can can do it. But uh, that's it for now. Jason, it's been fun being the host. Um, as I know, it's a tough job I've discovered. And I'm so thankful that you are able to do it 90% of the time when you're clean. So That's good uh, to hear, Chris. Yeah. Appreciate that. That's, that really is good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for now. That. Let's uh, sign out. This is Chris Schaefer, chrisschaefer.com. Have a nice day.